Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Rob Paravonian. And before we get to Rob, I have a few announcements. First and foremost, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can go there, see photos of the guests, see stories that they've written, see some stories that I've written. You can see links to everybody's social media. You can see links to our social media. And that is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. Follow us there. Mostly Instagram. Get Follow me on Instagram. So I have personal and show photos on there. And the bulk of my good photos all go on Instagram. And really, as much as I hate to admit that, you know, as we're talking on here, that uh, it's, it's a visual medium. I'll call it as it is. Uh, you want to see places that I've been too, and not just hear me talk about it. So go to the Instagram page, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram and check it out. If you think you may be right for the show or someone you know may be right for the show, please write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I will consider it. And writing me doesn't have to have anything to do with being a guest or anything like that. You can just write me and ask me questions about travel. Uh, write me questions about me. Say nice things. You can compliment me. I'll take that. That's always nice. But either way, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. I'm recording this on October 6th, just two days before it comes out. And I did two interviews today, but both were kind of on the same theme. And that theme is, what is the situation where you are? Because <laughs> I know my situation here in Los Angeles. Indoor dining is still closed due to the virus. Uh, People are making do the best they can. Bars have to stay closed because unless food is the bulk of your uh, menu or sales, you cannot... I think it has to be like 75% of your sales have to be food or something. And uh, a lot of bars don't fall into that. So um, they're still closed. And, uh, you know, look, we all know what's closed. I don't have to tell you. Maybe it's different from where you're living, but around here, it's, uh, it's tough. So... Of course, I dream of travel every day, which if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're dreaming of travel every single day. I would love nothing more than to make plans, but it's almost impossible to make plans nowadays because the situation seems to change every day. It seems like every day I'll read something that, hey, this country's open to Americans to travel, and then the next week, shut down again. Spike in COVID cases. It makes travel really impossible. I did book one flight this, this week, and it was just too cheap to pass up. So as uh, many of you know, I've talked about this often, that my family is in Florida for the most part now. Uh, my mom, my sister, my niece and nephew. And they are about, I don't know, about an hour away from Orlando. So just at a whim, I went online and found a flight over Christmas because I had considered going back for Christmas. Uh, my nephew is away at college. He's going to be back around that time. And I'd get to see everybody at once. But as you know, Christmas and New Year is always the most crowded, expensive holidays to go flying. 
But if you can get that sweet window in between Thanksgiving and mid-December, I'm talking the first couple weeks of December, there are usually deals to be had. And at first I was looking at both American and United for non-stops from LAX to Orlando. And December 16th seemed to be the cutoff of when the rates started to spike up. Not only for miles, but for money. And I found a one-way on United from LAX to Orlando on the 15th for 5,000 miles one way, which is pretty amazing. But before I book it, I go online. Let me just see on a whim what this ticket costs for December 15th. And I found both American and United had a one-way flight nonstop December 15th, LAX to Orlando for the grand total of $58. 48 plus taxes and fees came out to $58.10. Now, I, you got to buy that, right? What the heck? Even if I don't go. $58? Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I've never seen anything like that before. Although I have heard that American United are not as good about keeping empty seats on flights as Delta is. I have heard good things about Delta during these coronavirus times in terms of their precautions. But still, $58? Have I looked at flights back yet? No, barely. But And I know that's going to be more crowded. I don't know when I'm going to fly back. But $58? Wow. And if I do honor that flight, it would be the first time I'd been on a plane since January, which I believe as an adult is a f- new record for me, at least in 30 years, to go this long without not just not being on a plane, but not even being in the airport. Crazy. Will it happen? Stay tuned. Now, Rob Paravonian, some of you may remember Rob. He was on the show last year, a couple of years ago. I've known Rob for probably over 25 years. We met way back in Chicago doing comedy, and we were roommates when I lived in uh, Brooklyn back in uh, 96, 97. And while I moved out to L.A., Rob stayed in Brooklyn, and he's been there ever since. And he's been in Brooklyn and in New York City through this entire quarantine, through thick and thin. Rob has stayed in his studio apartment in Brooklyn, Riding it out in probably, for America anyway, probably the toughest place to be in a pandemic. Social distancing is hard enough anywhere, but to try to do it in New York City, where people are stacked on top of each other, you have to ride elevators, the subway, very few people own cars. It's really, really tough. And I had New York on my mind because also I was supposed to be there right now. Today I was supposed to fly to New York, spend a week there, because I got some crazy, again, a crazy mileage deal At the end of last year, American had a sale that 5,000 miles each way, anywhere in the lower 48. So I just decided I picked a random week. Uh, October is always the most beautiful month in New York. It was going to be for my birthday week, uh, which is October 14th. It was going to be great. And then the world changed. So I canceled that flight. And today I woke up and I looked at my calendar and there the flight was still in there. I went, oh, man. Just a reminder that I was supposed to be enjoying a beautiful New York City in the autumn right now. So it made me call Rob up and find out what the story is over there. And of course, the weather's beautiful right now, but you know, I'm going to have to live with it. And instead, I called up Rob, who, being a comedian and performer himself and a live streaming performer, he's uh, got a Twitch channel. Find him at Rob P. Rocks. Uh, that's his handle for most everything, robprocks.com. You can find him on Instagram, and uh, he does a live show every Tuesday on Twitch, where he plays music, because he uh, plays a good guitar, and he likes uh, playing requests from people and just does cover songs. It just has fun with it. And if I was in New York City this week, I would have definitely hung out with Rob, because I always do every time I go back. We see each other at some point, 
We get some food, we get some beers, and we hang out in that amazing city. But this time, we're going to do it virtually. And because he's a professional, Rob has such a great microphone that he sounds like he could be in the studio with me. So here to give us the COVID-19 update from the Big Apple, New York, New York, the city so nice they named it twice, here's my friend Rob Paravonian. I'm in a New York state of mind. (laughs) How's your live shows going? Well, I'm right now I'm just doing the weekly cover show. I stopped doing a comedy show because it just didn't wasn't feeling the comedy. It's just too Oh really? Uh online comedy doesn't work out for you? The the timing's just great, isn't it? You know, I was I I was liking it for a while, even though because you know, with music and I was trying to show videos and stuff, so I was trying to put it together as more of like you know, the Rob P variety hour kind of show, which it was working. I just got burnt. I just wasn't writing and I wasn't, uh, you know, I had no motivation for it, but the cover song show I like because I like playing music and I like picking silly songs to do. And it's, uh, it's more mindless. It doesn't take as much of a creative, uh, I mean like musically, you know, it's keeping me, uh, in practice, but I like doing that. So that's been fun. There's like a steady, steady group of, uh, of watchers, you know, and uh, I don't, I haven't repeated any songs. I think tonight is episode 26. So I'm like already past 300 songs that I've covered some, wow. well, some, some terribly, but that's kind of fun too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'm doing the best I can here, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I was supposed to go to New York this week. You know, I had bought some crazy cheap flight deal last year for like 5,000 miles. It was perched, perched. Yeah. Wow. Pre-pandemic, it was uh, 5,000 miles each way. Oh, okay. uh, and so I just picked a random place to go. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, October in New York, best month yeah. to be there. And uh, right, right around my birthday. I say, yeah, your birthday is, I know you're an October kid. What day mm-hmm. is it? The 14th. All right. Yeah. So yeah, right around the B day. Had it all planned. Uh, and uh, yeah. And then we got this. So luckily they gave me the miles back. That's cool. Well, even in April, you probably thought, oh, it'll, you know, October, it'll be all right. Yeah. I really thought this, uh, you know, I, I didn't cancel it till last week. Because, yeah. You know, I, that's how long I was holding out that maybe there'd be some light. But also I, I had the thought of going to the city when everything's closed, you know, and it's like, is it going to New York City if you can't eat in a restaurant or can't go to a bar or a theater or anything? I mean, <laughs> so I wanted to, it was like, wait a minute, Rob's still there. You've been there through the whole time in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was like, what is the vibe, man? <laughs> um, yeah, the vibe is, it actually, it's, it doesn't feel so tense right now. I mean, those first couple months were definitely tense because we were right in the middle of it. Um, but the summer's been good. Like they've blocked off a lot of streets, you know, and like a lot of the side streets and neighborhoods to um, allow kids, you know, or people to set up, you know, lawn chairs and stuff like that. And, you know, early on, they decided to let every restaurant set up a sidewalk or street seating, you know, so basically where the street parking would be. A lot of restaurants have set up um, like patio seating. Um, so you could go to a restaurant now, like in, like right now, it's early October. It's uh, It was in the high 60s and sunny. So it's really quite lovely and it's still really possible to like sit outside and dine. In some restaurants seem to be better about setting up the chairs, you know, with that you know, feel more, more safe than others. You know, I still don't go to restaurants that much cause it's just, I'm, I don't know. They're outside, which is a good thing. Um, 
But yeah, so there's 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 dining options, um, drinking options. Uh, it's not quite the same because uh, bars are not allowed to open. They have to be a restaurant. So a lot of bars are serving like, you know, hot dogs and bologna. Yeah, sandwiches. that's the same here. That's the same thing here. Yeah, so that's kind of weird. But I, um, it has, I have upped my drinking in the park game, which is uh, a lot of oh, yeah. doing a lot of like socially distant hanging out with friends and, you know, bringing a couple of beers from the corner store and, you know, hanging in the park. And that's actually been, you know, I've been trying to take advantage of that, especially the last month or so, because I'm, you know, with, with the winter or colder weather coming up, I'm like, I got to get the outdoor socializing yeah. in. That, was, that used to be called being a hobo. <laughs> right. Yeah. I call that my teen years drinking at the mini mart, you know, or something. But, um, you know, like, yeah, like, so if you would have been able to take that trip, you know, the weather right now is really gorgeous. So you could have done those kind of yeah. things. Obviously, absolutely no theater, which is, you know, probably won't even come back for till next summer. If that, you know, no one really knows. I mean, that's what everyone I think is resigned to. No one knows. Like they don't even know, they still don't know when and if school is going to be fully open. And I mean, I don't have kids, so I'm not as on top of it as my friends are, but um, I feel like we've reached some sort of uh, not equilibrium, but sort of acceptance of this is the way things are for now. And um, so, yeah, like my, my old softball team, there were no softball leagues this summer, but we get together every once in a while and play a pickup game because, you know, softball, when you're playing defense, defense, you're automatically socially distant. So <laughs> right. you, know, you just got to avoid each other on the bench and there's plenty of room. So like we're trying to, we're trying to do th- as much as we can given the l- limitations. But so I think being here would not be a bad thing right now, but flying across country to get here is something I wouldn't do. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I want to visit my mom in Texas, but I'm just nervous to get on an airplane and sit in a sealed tube with, I don't know how many other people and you don't know where they're from or how seriously they take it. You know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to get on and then see like a bunch of MAGA hats and it's like, oh crap, they're going to fight about their, their masks. Yeah. Stuff, you know? Well, it's weird. Cause I, I just bought this week. I just bought a ticket for Christmas to Orlando. Well, December 15th. Cause on the 16th, the um, prices start to go up and I got a one way on American nonstop from LAX to Orlando for $58. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. So I just bought it. And, you know, even if I don't use it, I was like, well, I'm out $58, you right. know? And, the, and they're like, do you want to buy insurance to insure this? No. <laughs> no, this is the insurance. This is, yeah, it's $58. <laughs> yeah, I, I've talked to some people who've flown and it, they've, you know, people have different levels of what they're willing to accept at risk wise. And some people said it's been pretty chill. And, you know, I, you know, for me, it just, just the thought of it makes me a little bit nervous, but I did, I had my first weekend out of the city. I, I took the subway and I rented a car. So I did the rental car office and wow. took a subway, you know, so I, I've done a few, that was, that was me being adventurous. That was the last weekend in August. I actually had a gig at a campground upstate that I do this gig once a summer. It's at an <laughs> RV park. And uh, they were still doing it. I, uh, I was supposed to do one at the beginning of July. I bailed on that one because New York City wasn't open yet. And that county had just opened. And I was a little nervous about that. But then in August, you know, the numbers were really low across the board. So yeah, I rented a car and escaped the city for three whole days. That was, that was glorious because that was, like I said, the end of August. So I hadn't, I hadn't left the city since early March. That's crazy. Yeah. That's unbelievable to me. <laughs> yeah. Every time I think about, you know, cause I live in a, in an apartment now and you know, and it's, 
it's small, but at least I, I can get out and, you know, I'll ride my bike. And even during the, the real thick of it, I was, you know, I was getting in the car and, and I would drive to say, you know, up in the Palisades and just get out and walk in, the, in those neighborhoods there. Yeah. And then I thought about you there and just like, oh my God, <laughs> you're not, you're building, you were out in your fire escape, weren't you? Right. Yeah, I, I did. I, I even put some solar lights out there. So uh, uh, make it a little <laughs> more of a little patio vibe. But I, I am lucky in that I, I mean, I have a studio apartment and it's, you know, it's good for one person in New York, but it's, you know, it's a New York apartment. It's on the smaller side. And uh, there was a great line in the first season of Seinfeld where someone comes to his place and it's like, oh, nice apartment. He's like, yeah, it inspires me to go on the road. <laughs> yeah. But I do live right next to Prospect Park in Brooklyn, which is one of the biggest parks in the city. And so that's, that's been a great sort of uh, refuge. You know, there's, there's trails in there that go through the woods and you don't even see buildings. It's really, you can get kind of lost in there and forget for a minute that you're in the middle of the city. And in, uh, in early June or late May, I got a bike. A friend of mine uh, gave me his uh, extra bike, which has been great for getting around the city. Cause you know, as a New Yorker, I don't have a car, so <laughs> it is yeah. very limiting, but you know, the, um, so between those couple of things, um, yeah, it hasn't been that bad. You know, I'm able to at least, uh, you know, get, get some exercise and actually get some, uh, get some fresh air. And like I said, walking through the woods in the park is actually really uh, quite a good reset. Yeah. What about, like, I know you're on low enough on your building that you don't really have to go into the elevator. Right. But what's, what's the elevator situation in all these places and um, how are you yeah. dealing with it? It sounds complicated. You know, I have friends who live in buildings and they have rules for how many people can be in an elevator at once. And I think sometimes it's even just one household at a time in an elevator. They might have relaxed that somewhat since the very beginning of the of the uh, the worst of the pandemic here. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I live on the second floor and I'm only in a six floor building and a lot of six story buildings in New York don't even have elevators. So uh, I only take the elevator when I uh, have to go down to the basement. We have a little laundry room down there. And the only way to get in is through the elevator. But our elevator is so tiny that you, if you can't really fit more than two people in it at a yeah. time. So, um, but I hear that that's complicated and at, at jobs too. So it, um, it definitely slows down getting up and down if you live in like a higher high riser. You know, some offices are open. I have one friend and she goes into her office two days a week. And um, they're they're separate, and they have. She said they had plexiglass up because yeah, those open plan offices those are those are going to drop in trendiness. Uh, really, yeah, really soon. But yeah, a lot of the New York offices were like that—the big open plan with just long rows of workstations. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we talk about all this remote working, and there is this thing they're calling Zoom fatigue from people. Yeah, yeah I I get it even when I listen to the news because I'm just like so tired of people like talking over each other. It's a, wait, would you, but yep. no, what? No, no, you go ahead. Oh, yeah, don't, you, uh, what, you, I'm like, it's been six months. You guys should have figured this out by now. Or how about the people that they're on TV every day and, they, and they're still talking into the crappy mic yeah. on their laptop? It's like, yeah. come on. I mean, a microphone hookup and a USB connection is not hard. Yeah, go on to uh, sweetwater.com and just ask them for you know, the, the podcaster package and it's like 200 bucks. <laughs> and, right. and you're going to sound a lot better. Yeah. It's maddening. Yeah. Um, but I mean, by the remote working though, have you seen like office buildings just becoming vacant and Manhattan, especially lower Manhattan has got to be dying. 
Yeah, I honestly I don't know because I've only been into Manhattan like four times <laughs> since yeah. since uh, this happened, and that was only after I got a bike. I can only imagine that. Um, yeah, that everything is slow. And I just think about all those lunch places that all they did was serve breakfast and lunch to people who go into Manhattan and work. Yeah. Um, you know, cause if like when the last, one of the day jobs I had was down on water street, which is down in the financial district. And some of those like restaurants are like lunch spots, cafeteria spots, or, you know, like a high volume lunch spots. They're not even open past like seven or eight on the weeknights anyway. They're just they do, they make all their money between like 6am and 4pm and then they're done. So I can't imagine, you know, I mean, I know that they're, they're all struggling and I, and you know, when you were talking about the financial guys, I mean, they're, a lot of their work is on computer anyway, cause they want the information as fast as possible. So when they go into the office, they really are just looking at a screen there then, <laughs> yeah, I know. not like, you know, they're, they're doing some big whiteboard strategy session about watching numbers, you know, I mean, have you heard anything about college gigs or anything like that anymore or how they're doing that? Like my nephew went to his freshman year at Purdue and he's there yeah, and he's loving it, but I don't know what a social distancing college campus can look like, <laughs> especially a dorm, you know? I don't, so are, 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 have you heard of people still doing gigs? Um, not at, not at colleges. No. And I, uh, I, I have, you know, even my, the main thing I've been doing, like the the one like sort of booking road agent that I've been dealing with mostly was the guy who handled my cruises. So I just know that that's off indefinitely. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine, you know, they're doing, um, they're doing any of those kinds of gigs because the few people I know that have kids that are in college, they're doing some classes in person, the ones that are doing anything in person. Some of them are, even if they're on campus, the classes are virtual because, you know, like Alabama, they all showed up and then there was an outbreak and then they all just had to stay where they were. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard actually from any comics about doing comedy gigs at colleges. In fact, I mean, just hearing about people doing comedy gigs at all has been pretty rare. It's in New York, it's been like a backyard show or a rooftop show or people like going on the road somewhere. And even that just always sort of freaks me out. I'm like, really, you're doing a gig right now? Like, yeah. I mean, as much as, I want to get back to work. I also don't want to go to work for like the next year or I don't feel like it will be safe to go to work for, you know. I know. I feel I'm on these uh, group chats or and, and like Facebook groups of these uh, cruise cruise uh, acts and stuff. And they're just like, some are just eh, every glimpse of light that they're saying, yeah, we're going to be back. And I'm going, yeah, but everything I read about it just sounds awful. In yeah. terms of, I mean, do we have to wear masks everywhere on the ship? I mean, can we even eat around other people? Uh, Half-filled theaters. I mean, the, these theater shows were hard enough when they were you know, full, yeah. you know, yeah. but they're going to spread people around and that's like comedy death, man. I mean, this is like half-filled theaters and do more shows for, le- f- you know, fewer people. I don't. Yeah. And just the logistics of everything on the ship. Yeah, can we get off and get back on? Do we get to get tested all the time? And yeah, and just you know the uh, the ships I was on that you know the the three big dining uh, dinner places were you know there were what five four hundred people each you know going in there crammed into a dining room and there was two different seating so like I don't even know how you spread that out enough to, to 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 get everyone you know I just until until everyone is like 
there's a proven vaccine and everyone gets it. I just don't see it being practical. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But uh, so what was the subway experience like? It was pretty chill. Um, I had talked to some people who had taken the subway prior. So like I was a late adopter to getting back on the subway. But um, and plus I was going the other direction. I From Brooklyn, I was going out to JFK to get my rental car. Mm-hmm. So the subway was, it was, wasn't full. So like it was easy to stay six feet away from everybody. It was about 10 in the morning. So it wasn't rush hour. Um, but from the, my friends that I've heard that have taken it more regularly, they say that it's been a lot cleaner and it's been easier to stay, you know, apart from people and everyone's wearing a mask. I mean, you have to wear a mask to get on and you're, you know, you get in trouble. I don't know if they're like writing citations or not, but yeah, you, you're not supposed to be able to get in the subway at all without a mask. So I, and I, you know, I had a fine experience with it. They, they still aren't running overnight, which is still weird to get used to. Um, but there's nothing to do at night anyways. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess for the work, like people who work third shift, but I don't know how much uh, of that. Yeah. It's like everything, all like all the schedules are just different. Cause even the bars that are allowed to open by giving you a bologna sandwich with your beer, <laughs> you know, I think they cl- have to close at 11 anyway. Um, and they might close again. There's some neighborhoods they just announced in, in Brooklyn that uh, they might try to close down non-essential businesses again, but like by zip code by zip code, because some zip codes are, are uh, popping up a little more. Mm. But, um, but yeah, Subway was, was, was pretty chill. That was back in late August. I took it. Um, seemed fine. Yeah. Was uh, there, a, was there a part of you at any of all this, but it was just like, okay, I'm, to make a break for it, because I know a lot of people in <laughs> in the city have. I mean, anybody who has the means to, you know, have, or has a home outside the city, have gone there, you know, and most of them have spent the entire summer there. Yeah, not not for me. Uh, uh, as an ambulance goes down down my street, I'm on. A ah, kind of, there's the New York I love. Yeah, kind of on a major street, and uh, I mean, it was <laughs> it was pretty ambulancey before all of this, but then uh, when there was no other traffic, it just. Mm-hmm. always felt more ominous when one was going down. Um, but for me, no, I, I didn't really think uh, to leave. For me, the easiest way to stay isolated was to, because I live alone, thankfully. Um, and the easiest way for me to stay isolated was to just stay right here. And I don't have, you know, I don't have a summer house and I don't have like <laughs> a near enough relative with extra room. You know, like my mom is in Texas. My a sister is in Florida and she has a full house. My other sister's back in Illinois. Um, we need so friends yeah. in high places. <laughs> I did get to, I did at uh, Labor Day weekend, I cat sat for my friends who do have a, like a country house out in Pennsylvania. And that was glorious. <laughs> I'm I, like, sure. We myself uh, in the country. And so, because they had been out there most of the time. They live here in Brooklyn, a married couple. And, um, they had been out there most of the time. They would come into the city once a week to like check on things and maybe run some errands, but they, they pretty much were out there full time. And I do, I do know some of those people that are are just up at their country houses full time, which is something when I didn't live in New York, which is something I didn't quite grasp. It sounds, it sounds sort of like Richie Rich or, uh, you know, it, you don't have to be that, wealthy to have a, like a summer house, which I don't know if people who don't live in New York understand. Like if you're renting in New York, I mean, you can't buy an apartment in New York if you're just like middle class. It's hard, you know? No, like, I know. I live in LA. It's the same thing here. You know? Yeah. So like, yeah, the average apartment is like a million dollars or whatever. So like, but you can get a country house way out in like 
you know, Delaware County or in Pennsylvania, you can get a country house for like $150,000. So the, it was like, for a lot of people who live in New York, the only way to buy anything is to buy a house like outside of the city. So when, when I first moved here, I didn't quite get it. I'm like, wait, you have an apartment and a house? How is that possible? You must yeah. be And then you realize like, no, it's the most practical thing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. But yeah, so I do know some people who, who've done that and I did get to take advantage of. How um, did you get out there? Well, that was the best part. They came and picked me up because uh, oh. they trusted me enough. They trusted my, my, um, my isolation bubble enough that they're like, are you coming? Like, so I drove up with one of them and hung out with them for the weekend. Then they went off to vacation uh, for like, it was a wedding or something. They went off to something. Oh no, they just went to Maine to like for a, va- for, for uh, they got a, a week, they had a week in Maine. But yeah, so they picked me up. Uh, we hung out for a couple of days at their house and then they left and I had their house to myself. So for me, it was, uh, it was very easy, but they did, you did have to like sort of decide, all right, we're going to trust each other with our, you know, with our quarantine bubble. Yeah. Which is, you know, you sort of got to, you know, suss out other people's, um, you know, levels. Habits. Of, yeah, <laughs> habits or just levels of commitment to, to, to it. And, uh, but, you know, we, were, we know each other pretty well. And, you know, we'd talked about it because they were asking what things were like in Brooklyn. And, you know, they knew my routine. I was going to the grocery store like once every eight or nine days and not really doing anything non-essential outside except for like going for a walk or riding a bike. Have you known anybody who tested positive or got sick or anybody who's passed away? Uh, I have, thankfully, no one uh, in my immediate circle uh, has uh, died of COVID, but I do know uh, a few few people who have gotten it. Some people were asymptomatic. Uh, one of my friends tested positive and he quarantined, but he never had symptoms. A couple of people on my softball team got um, got kind of sick, like lost their sense of taste and smell and Felt like they had a pretty bad flu, um, but they both, you know, they all recovered. Um, yeah, so I know some people who have gotten it, but thankfully no one who's, I mean, I've heard, you know, friends of friends or I, people's parents. I know some people who've had their parents uh, uh, die from it. But yeah, thankfully, con- especially considering those first couple months here in New York, it was, it was, it, I mean, so many people per day. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's incredible. But the, I mean, how the, have the numbers pretty much stayed steady or are you seeing a little more spike well, they, up? They, they went down, like they definitely went down and they're very low. And just in the last couple of weeks, they've, they're starting to crop up in a few, uh, few neighborhoods here in New York from what I've been reading. But in general, they're still low because I have like there's a on, on front. I think I, I read the Washington Post online and on the front page, they always have, uh, you know, the per capita cases, you know, it's like, or per 100,000, you know, and they kind of do it in order of, you know, which states is having the most. So there's always like the top six. It's like your MySpace top eight. <laughs> it's the, yeah. uh, the COVID top eight. And uh, so New York has been at the uh, low end of that for quite a while, but, but they're also like, they're talking about, like I said, closing down non-essential businesses in a few of the zip codes that are um, starting to creep up again. And I, I like the fact that they have a plan for reclosing, you know, like, um, yeah, closing down and reopening. They had a plan for reopening, but I, you know, I feel like you need to also have a plan for when do you close it again? Because it seems like a lot of places have just decided, well, we're open now. We can't possibly close again. Like why, why not? If the numbers are as bad as they were the first time you closed, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you close again? And I realize there's a huge economic impact, but like, you know, we're, you and I are people whose industries are, have been completely shut down for six months. So it's not like, 
you know, it's not like I don't, I'm not also losing work out of this. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I, I thought I heard something about New York, like uh, banning or trying to quarantine passengers from people coming in from other states or something. Yeah, there was, um, the rule was if you were coming from a high COVID area, you were supposed to quarantine for 14 days upon arrival. Um, but I don't think there was a real enforcement mechanism for that, you know, like, yeah. I, and I, don't, I don't know what it was, but yeah, there was, and there still is, I think that it changes, uh, areas can be added and drop off of the list of, you know, who's supposed to do that. But yeah, there definitely were rules for, uh, if you were coming from a hot spot, you were supposed to isolate for 14 days when you got here. Well, I just talked to my friend Vera in Portugal and she was just in New York last week. She flew, she flew in, but <laughs> I said, did anybody like, you know, stop you or anything like that for coming? It's like, no, she just flew in, yeah. came in. I mean, she's got dual citizenship, I think, uh-huh. but still, you know, there did wasn't any temp- big, you know, they didn't track her or do anything like that. Yeah. Not even a temperature check or anything. I don't know, but uh, I mean, I mean, probably to get into the, um, onto the plane in the first place. Yeah, but not into but I think, the As you said, it was hard. They wanted uh, her to have a test, a COVID test, to get back on the plane to return to Portugal. And they wanted it within 72 hours. Yeah. But she couldn't find a lab that could turn it around quick enough. So, you know, or guarantee that it would yeah. be done in time. So, which is kind of counterintuitive yeah. well, and, you know well having a having the results take that long is just difficult. yeah I, I got a test just out of complete curiosity like toward the end of june and it took like six or seven full days to get the results yeah well i had one done a couple of months ago and it was uh 24 hours uh it was pretty good it was a, it was a mouth swab one Oh yeah, I did the I did the brain scraping nose. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that, that creeps me out. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was it was two seconds of very uncomfortableness, but it was you know wasn't as yeah. bad as going to the dentist. You know, it was yeah, uh, um, yeah. So I got the I got the brain scraper, but uh, and then I did a blood test for antibodies, and I I would have been surprised either way if I had been positive on either, and I was right wasn't. So uh, I know you haven't done any. So you haven't done any of the rooftop comedy gigs or any live comedy gigs since this whole thing went down. I did that one upstate that came oh, upstate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but not in the city. I did. Yeah, correct. I did. Well, I bought a battery powered little PA and I did a pop-up music show in the park on my birthday just for my own sanity. So that was the one thing I did, but it was, I wouldn't call it a comedy show. I just did all songs, you know, cause I do, you know, you know, I do a mix of comedy. Yeah. Anybody uh, put some quarters into the hat, uh, out of the park? No, that's uh, you know, I want a no touch. I just, uh, I just shouted out my Venmo a bunch of times, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I did that. So I had this PA and I got it. I even got like a little headset, uh, dynamic mic that's wired. So I was like plugged in and I had a face shield and everybody sat on, you know, blankets far apart. You know, it was, it was very chill. It was fun to do something, but I yeah. wouldn't call it, it wasn't like a comedy show. I wasn't looking for, I wasn't looking for laughs. I was just like, I'm going to go play in the park. Whoever wants to <laughs> meet up, you know, you're welcome to join. So the, the gig up at the campground was interesting because it was, it was, you know, it was an hour set. So to go from not doing any comedy for, you know, wow. Five, yeah. That's a lot of time. And a half months. Yeah. I definitely had to like go through my act and, you know, refresh my memory on a lot of the bits. Yeah. Blow some yeah. rust off. 
Yeah, you know, but I, that, you know, just addressed it at the beginning and uh, it was, it was fine. Everybody in the audience was, was masked and, and separate. And, uh, but still it was, it was weird. I wasn't, you know, I, I was on the fence about, about doing it or not. I asked some people who had done it, you know, ahead of me in that same venue and it's a venue I'd been to before. So I knew the layout of the place and whatnot, but I kind of wanted to do it just because I figured if late August up at, you know, up in the country at a campground, it, I figured it was my one chance to actually do a comedy show this whole year, you know, because oh, once the weather starts, you know, getting cold again. Did it and go it, well? It did, you know, um, you know, uh, yeah, it, the, the, the reaction was good. Um, of course, I, you know, as, as a performer, I know I've been smoother as far as like, you know, uh, you know, doing a set, there's times where you're like, you know, it's like a chess game. You're thinking a couple moves ahead and everything's flowing really well. It definitely, there were, you know, it was like, all right, next bit, look at the notes, you know, but I addressed that at the beginning, just saying, all right, uh, you know, I haven't, I'm, I'm, I'm rusty, but once, once I, you know, for me, once I start a song, it's usually pretty, pretty automatic and, you know, I can get through it uh, and I could sort of have fun with it. It's just sort of the flow of interacting with the crowd, you know, like, I, that's really what I think I lose the most is just my, uh, my riffing with the crowd is the part that is, uh, gets the rustiest, the fastest. Yeah, absolutely. So how about music venues in New York? Have any of those? Uh... No, nothing, uh, nothing is open. I think there, like I said, there's a few rooftop spots, but I don't think they're like sanctioned. I think they're all sort of just like pop-up parties and stuff. And there's been a thing with comedy clubs in particular, they've been like particularly, except especially especially shut down <laughs> like yeah which is really weird like they you know a restaurant can do 25 or they can do outdoor seating in 25 percent capacity indoors um and all the rules in place but for some reason comedy clubs are not allowed to even do ticketed outside events you know like it's you can do trivia you could have a trivia night you outside at your restaurant bar but you can't do comedy for some reason. It's really, really strange. And the comedy clubs in New York are petitioning the governor and they even proposed legislation to like, here, let's figure it out. You know, cause they obviously like, I don't understand why they should be treated differently than a bar that's doing a trivia or showing a game outside like a football. Yeah, game. no kidding. So that's it. That's really weird. So yeah, there's, um, I don't know if you've seen the stuff for the save our stages movement, uh, the national individual, Independent Venue Association, NIVA, I think it's called. They're trying to, uh, yeah, they're trying to get together and get some some sensible regulations put together and also a little more relief just because, yeah, live venues are, they're, they're in such trouble right now because that, you know, it's they're the last thing that's going to open. We're like the, we're like the 10th responders or whatever, you know, like we're, yeah, we're, uh, uh, there's a, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, they're, uh, it's weird that they're, they've almost specifically been singled out to like stay closed, even amongst the places they're letting open. Have there been some high profile closings of you know, certain restaurants or venues? Um, there have been uh, definitely bars. I'm trying to think of like music venues. As far as I know, all the comedy clubs are still hanging on. I went to uh, a few weeks ago, I went to a press conference that they had in front of um, the New York Comedy Club on 4th Street because uh, they were trying to get some attention for this issue because they they can't even get a straight answer out of the governor as to why, like what, what can the comedy clubs do to reopen? Like what, and they've proposed, you know, all the businesses are supposed to send in their proposal for what they're going to do to um, 
to recognize the COVID protocols and like, you know, what they're going to do to like be safer and whatnot. And um, they can't, they can't get through, they can't get an answer. So um, there was a press conference. Um, the woman, uh, Cambry Cruz, who uh, uh, she runs QED up in Astoria where I do my monthly show. She's one of the people behind it. And um, yeah, so I haven't heard of any comedy clubs that have declared that they're not coming back, but I know that they're all, I mean, they're all just hanging on barely, you know, because that, you know, right. they don't know when they're even allowed to open. Some of them were doing outdoor shows for a while and then they got specifically shut down, even though they were doing the same thing the bars were doing and the restaurants were doing. Any of your local neighborhood bars and restaurants, any favorites that uh, aren't coming back that you know? Um, it looks like there's one. Yeah, it looks like, well, yeah, there looks like there's a few in my neighborhood that are, are going to stay closed and um, some might have announced it and I might not have heard it yet because I don't follow all my bars on the social media, just, just <laughs> some of them. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some in the neighborhood. There's uh, you see um, four lease signs going up in some storefronts, you know? So yeah, a lot of the smaller, uh, smaller businesses like restaurants and little stores uh, that are not like grocery stores. Um, yeah. There's it's, and I think we're only seeing the beginning of it. I think there's going to be a lot more as, um, yeah. as, as leases expire and um you know, it seems like there's no new um, sort of relief or no new uh, stimulus or no new uh, help uh, assistance coming, especially now that, you know, the election is at this point, what, like four weeks away, it's probably not going to happen. Maybe they'll do something in a lame duck session. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I know. And I know it was hard at the beginning because they were <laughs> lame duck, the, right? Some of those first legislations were about payroll, you know, and so like, they could take these loans, but they had to spend it on payroll. But, you know, in New York, your biggest, your biggest expense is rent because commercial rents are ridiculous here. They're more right. ridiculous than residential rent. So like people are like, if I take this loan and I spend it on rent, then I got to pay the loan back. And it's, they need, they need something. Yeah. I mean, have you noticed um, more places coming up for rent, like apartments or have the, have the prices come down at all since all this? I've heard anecdotally, yes. Um, I haven't. I mean, thankfully, I, I'm I'm in the middle of a I'm in the middle of a two year lease right now. Um, in my building, I haven't seen a ton of turnover, but I have friends um, that have. Like a friend of mine in his building, his landlord renegotiated, and because um, he had a he had an apartment where he sublet a couple of the rooms to other people. He he had the lease himself, and then he had extra rooms that he would get roommates for. And all those roommates moved out and he was on the hook for the whole rent. And so Ooh. his landlord cut like cut him a deal for a couple of months on the next lease when it gets renewed that he's going to give him a couple of free uh, months. Um, and I've heard in neighborhoods, especially like in Williamsburg, where there's younger people who probably have the option to like either move in with their parents or like move in different places or something. Um, so I've heard anecdotally, yes. Yeah, I was going to say that. There's turnover in availability. I don't know if the the prices have come down. Yeah, it doesn't. I, yeah, it just seems like, uh, I, and I had predicted that there's going to be a lot of people that, especially out here, the young people coming out. If you're a young actor coming out here and everything shuts down and it took away your, not only your your dream gig, but it also took away your backup gig of, of waitressing or yeah, bartending, bartending or anything like that. So, and Uber driving and things like that. So, I think a lot of people were in denial all summer, like it was going to be temporary, but I think reality is going to, my prediction is that I think a lot of people are going to go home, like you said, to, to mom and dad for Christmas and then just kind of stay 
Yeah. And just kind of ride it out and go, well, you know what? We'll sit here and lick our wounds until yeah. something turns around because, and then maybe come back or not, you know, but he, just sitting here, just racking up bills is not yeah. sustainable. Yeah. That's definitely uh if people have the option to not <laughs> pay exorbitant city rents, I can't imagine why they would. And a lot of parents are like, wait a minute, we turned your, <laughs> we turned your room into a, uh, a gym. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the neighborhood I'm in right now is a little more, because I've been in the same apartment for like 20 years now. So, and my neighborhood has turned into more of like a young parent neighborhood. So I'm in a rental building, but most of the ones on my block are like co-ops. So I think those, those people aren't as, uh, they're not going to move out as quickly, you know, just because they own the place or they have a mortgage. Whereas, you know, yeah, yeah. younger people on a lease. So I'm not seeing it right immediately on my block. But like I said, I, I know friends that um, are in neighborhoods where they've seen it more. And um, I'm, you know, f- for New York and I don't like, I'm, I'm just worried that as places become available, it's going to get all more bought up by, uh, you know, speculators and corporate people are going to buy up even more housing and it's going to be like, right. I have some friends that are like, I have some friends that are all optimistic. Oh, the rents are going to come down. New York's going to be uh, artsy again. And I'm like, uh, that didn't happen the last downturn. And I don't know if it will this time. Cause right yeah. now the only people who are going to have money to buy things are going to be like speculators and people who are buying it as an investment, you know, like, right. Russian mobsters will come in and buy yeah, it all up. Hedge funds, Russian mobsters, same, same dynamic. Yeah. Boy. So yeah, there's a lot of no one knows what's going on. And yeah, like I said, thankfully I'm in the middle of a lease that's relatively stable. So uh, I'm just kind of, I'm just, I'm, I'm hanging back, but I'm just staying in the same place, you know, like, uh, but yeah. I and like the people that are like, you know what, I'm going to st- take that spare bedroom at, at, you know, mom and dad's for the next six months and just see what happens. Yeah. Um, how have your, have you noticed any kind of like vibe or spirits uh, going up or down in the city? I mean, is temper is getting short? I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting into that because my <laughs> temper is getting short. But I, I don't know. I, I've noticed a little more edginess in people, but not as so much. Honestly, not so much in the city because we're used to, you have yeah. to be tolerant to live in a in a major city, which is why they tend to be more liberal yeah. because, you know, it's just you're surrounded by people all the time. Yeah, you see more different but uh, man, I saw a lot, of, a lot more hair triggers when I went and you know, took my road trip to like Montana, oh yeah, and Wyoming and things like that. And um, yeah, I don't know. Are, are you seeing a vibe, or is the New York uh, spirit still kind of like, you know, we've been through a lot, we can handle this? I felt, I feel like um, the vibe actually improved a little over the summer because we got through. It was really there was a tense vibe, and uh, you know, during the the really the strictest part of the lockdown it wasn't like it wasn't like you know fear or anger or but it was just it was just you know tense nervousness you know and people just staying in and like at the grocery store everyone just getting getting in and getting out you know like really quick and just so I think when the warmer weather hit also for us here in New York is the warmer weather hit the numbers started coming down a lot and then the street seating for restaurants started opening and I think they finally allowed people to do street, like sit at a restaurant on the street. I think maybe in early June is when that happened. Um, maybe early mid June. And so I feel like the summer vibe has been a little bit of a, a little bit of a relief and people are like, I, I feel like it's a little bit 
more chill as far as when you're out amongst people in a, in a, like in a park. And I mean, I guess that's where I'm seeing people mostly cause I'm riding my bike or I'm just going out in the park to get out of the apartment and people are just kind of like, it seems kind of chill. And I think it's because we've sort of hit our, we've accepted what's going on and we've gotten accustomed to this new way of doing things. I do feel like, and it's hard to tell because with New York, there's always been, you know, street people and homelessness. So I feel like I've seen a few more people around, but that's really, I, I couldn't even, you know, I don't even, almost don't even want to say it because I don't have any numbers. So like, I don't know what it actually is, but I feel like I've seen some more, but you know, in New York, a lot of the street people are, um, are you see the, the people on the street, some of them are, uh, you know, they're literally, they're, they're mentally ill. They're like, they have psychosis, they have issues, you know, and they, they need services. And then, but I think the homelessness part where like, where it's like a family that gets evicted, you don't see them out on the street. So I don't know if that's happening more, but I right. see. And maybe it's also because the subways are closed at night. There might be people that have just been, would hang out in the MTA all night. And I see a few more people like sort of on the sidewalks right now. So, yeah. but well, I haven't noticed like extra fightiness or extra aggression, but there are times when I do like, especially late summer, you usually feel that like those really awful, like 90. Oh, it's hot. Yeah. The city just closing in on you. Yeah. You know, usually that's when you hear like more screaming on the street or just, you know, that sort of like edginess. I didn't really feel it that much this year. I don't think the summer was as bad. And I think people were like actually just trying to get outside, you know? Yeah. Well, winter is coming. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, like not, you know, this at least, and it might be just, yeah, my thing is I'm just trying to enjoy doing anything outside while I can, while it's still nice. Like I said, today was upper sixties and sunny, like October, the leaves are just starting to change. So it's actually kind of nice. Right. Well, I caught a little bit of your music and comedy shows on, uh, online. So tell people where they can, uh, where they can see you. Well, right now I'm doing a weekly cover show Tuesday nights. I call it cover Tuesday and I'm on twitch.tv slash Rob P rocks. And uh, I'm also Rob P rocks on Instagram and Twitter. And there's all the information for my shows are there as well. I'm easy to find out. Fine. Just look for Rob P rocks on about (laughs) half of the social media platforms. And that's me. Okay. I'm going to sound like a 90 year old. I have uh, another friend on Twitch. Explain Twitch to me and why I should care. It is a video streaming platform, mostly used by gamers. So they, they, uh, yeah, that's what I thought it was for. Yeah. And that's the bulk of it is, um, you know, people, um, stream the video of their gameplay and they'll talk over it and they'll some, you know, and it's very popular. I don't, I don't do that side of it, but for me, I, it's uh it's a really easy platform for me to use to, to uh, stream video out to the world and you can watch it through a web browser. So you don't need to be like on a Twitch app. You don't have to have a Twitch login. You don't have to sign up and remember another password. You can just watch it through a web browser or you could watch it on a Twitch app. If you have that on your phone or a lot of people have it on their game console um yeah so it's there's a lot of gamers on there but there's a lot of people who do like live talk shows and stuff and there's some music some djs do their dj sets on twitch so it's basically a video platform but for live video mostly and you like it i do it's it's um it's uh was simple to use it was easy to get on and involved i started using it because one of the comedy music conventions i played the fump fest in chicago uh uh, streamed all the video out on Twitch and I started watching some of the events on there and it was pretty easy. I talked to the guys that were doing the tech for it 
And so when it, uh, when lockdown happened, I already had my Twitch account. So, you know, which is free anyways, but I just like, all right, let me give it a try. See what happens. And yeah, it's got up to speed. You know, it's like, it's like any other platform. You got to learn a few things, but, um, on the, on the watching end, it's very easy. And then on the streaming end, it's not too bad. Oh, cool. Well, you're staying busy and that's important. Yeah. Keeping the chops up. I'm, uh, I'm not doing as many comedy songs, but I, I like playing music just to keep the, uh, the guitar skills intact. <laughs> so people can uh, watch you and make requests while they watch, right? What's that? People can watch you and make requests. Um, I, well, I take requests throughout the week, so I have time to learn them, but there is a chat window. So like there, that's one of the fun parts about it is there's a lot of interaction, you know, and so I, I really like digging up some uh, songs that people maybe forgot about or people songs that people don't want to admit that they liked or songs that people hate. And then they tell me how much they hate the song. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the chat, the uh, chat interaction is a lot of fun and it's a fun part of the show. Cause I, you know, I, I see the, I see the chat uh, messages come up on the screen and I'll interact. And then, you know, a lot of times the people in the chat room will interact with each other and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun, I, I kind of liken it to just like a happy hour at a bar, you know, while someone's playing some covers, it's just a, for me, it's an escape to like not think about politics or COVID yeah. or anything else. It's like, let's just hang out and uh, enjoy some music for about an hour. And it's been like, honestly, I really started to do it just to remember what day of the week it was. So like cover Tuesday. <laughs> now I know it's Tuesday. It adds at least the tiniest bit of structure to my week. Do your neighbors ever complain about the noise? They haven't yet, but <laughs> yeah. I try to, I, you know, I'm done by 930 my time and I try to, um, I try to put up, you know, some pillows against the common walls and stuff to make sure uh, I'm not being super obnoxious. So yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to be uh, mindful of it. Well, and now we guitar. It's not. I'm not. You know, I don't have my amps plugged in. Yeah. Well, at least now we don't have the Cubs to distract us. <laughs> right. The Cubs were nice enough to uh, drop out of the playoffs in time for me not to have to worry about how to watch them because the two uh, games I saw were on ABC. I had broadcast TV for them. So oof. I was like, how am I going to get TBS? I'm going to have to sign up for one of those TV services. And now I don't have to Turns worry. Turns out, you know, no need. No Thanks, need. Cubs. Thank you, Cubs. Making our lives easy yet again. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun distraction for a couple months, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, stay safe out there. Yeah. Great. Appreciate you calling. And uh, yeah. Um, hopefully we'll uh, be doing shows again and traveling yeah. again soon. And, I'm, and normally we'd be hanging this week and uh, enjoying October in New York. And I'm, I'm oh, bummed man. that I'm not there. Yeah, it's I'm bummed too. It's it's gorgeous right now, and uh, I'd buy you a birthday beer if you were. Oh well, put it put it on my tab. All right, all right, man. I will talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Catching up. Talk to you soon.